The following presentation was recorded at the Buddhist Society of Victoria, Malvern East, Australia. Please visit our website at bsv.net.au. So, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the BSV, the Buddha Loka Center here in Malvern East. Um, it's nice to see so many people come out to practice the meditation tonight. It's very good. Um, and welcome to anybody that is sitting at home, uh, practicing meditation online. Um, uh, for anybody that doesn't actually know who I am, my name is Ajahn Sadaro, and I'm residing here at the BSV, at the Buddha Loka Center, uh, at the moment. So, and very nice to uh, see some new faces tonight, some people that I've never seen before, so that's very nice. Um, so just by way of introduction, because there's a few new newer faces, is there anybody here that has never actually meditated before? Or does everyone have a, a decent decent understanding of what you're sitting in the dark doing? Okay, good, good. Very good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, that's the case. Um, uh, we might we might get started then. Um, and just for anybody on uh, online, if you're um, uh, practicing at home, and obviously it's a little bit uh, uh, might be a little bit lonely for you there at home, but just know that there's uh, other people with you meditating here at the moment. And if you do have any questions, you're more than welcome to type them in the chat later, and we'll we'll get to them after the meditation session. So just for now, find a comfortable seat. And before we start, it's always good to set the mind up for what we're about to do. Just make the determination that for the next few minutes that you put aside all concerns and worries and problems and that you'll take this precious opportunity that you have to try to make the mind peaceful, try to understand something more about the nature of the mind. And just make this determination not to waste this precious opportunity that you have by using it to plan about things in the future or think about things that have been gone in the past or any kind of issues that you might have. Just try for now to put all that aside and determine to spend this next few minutes getting to know the mind and making it peaceful. So we can just start by bringing our attention to what's happening right now. That we're sitting here, you can feel the weight of your body, you hear the sound of my voice, you can hear other things in the room, 
Just start to notice exactly what it is you're experiencing now. The sensations in the body. You might have an underlying feeling state or emotive state. You might be drowsy or excited. Whatever it is, just notice it for what it is right now. That's good or bad. Just see it as something that is constantly changing. And spend the next few minutes just moving your attention up and down the body, noticing any sensations, noticing the sounds and noticing any emotive feeling states that you might be having.
now turn your attention to the feeling of the breath coming in and going out, or any other object that you feel most comfortable with. Just try and settle into the natural rhythm of the breath or that object. It's the breath, you can watch it come and go and feel the raw sensations. Or as it comes in and goes out, you can think in and out. But just try to stay with this one object of attention. There's nothing else to do, there's nothing else to think about. Just try to remain focused on this one thing, and if the mind does wander off, which it inevitably will, Try not to feel too concerned or agitated. Just merely start again on that object. Guide your attention back towards the present moment and the attention that you feel on this object.
whatever thoughts or mental states or moods or emotions that arise in your experience, be they positive, for example, calm, or negative, like restlessness or boredom. Just merely let these things be. There's no need to be pulled by them. If you notice any of these states arising, again, just let them be and return to your object of meditation, be that the breath or any other object. If we can learn to stay with our object through any kind of tumultuous waves of the mind, we can still experience an underlying state of stillness, an underlying state of tranquility, even while some of these things bubble on the surface. Just learn to become interested and embrace your object of meditation. Whatever comes up, just merely let it be and rest in your object.
try to become more interested and absorbed and engrossed in your object of meditation. Let it permeate your full awareness. Notice it in greater detail. And as your meditation object fills up the content of your awareness, just keep trying to Drop back and let go of these different thoughts and emotions that arise. Merely let them slip away and drop away and disappear. Stay settled and firm and still on your object and let everything else fall away.
the last few minutes of the meditation. Regardless how you feel this meditation session went, whether it was good or whether you felt it was not so peaceful, just try to recollect a time be it in this meditation or in a past meditation where you have experienced these feelings of calm and peace and tranquility or insight. We've all probably had some small taste of the joys that can come from meditation. So we all know what these states can be like. We can recollect them. And maybe we can even start to feel them again as we recollect them. And just recollect how fortunate you are that at least at some time in your life you've experienced these states free from any worry and agitation. That you've experienced some level of peace, some level of freedom. And you can be grateful that you've had that opportunity. So many people go through their lives and have never even known that this is possible. That feeling of fullness and contentment and clarity and understanding. We can take this feeling that we're recollecting and wish it on others who are striving to do the same thing that you are. The person sitting beside you, or behind you, or in front of you. Striving for this same peace and clarity 
so you can make this aspiration to them and may they also experience this peace and clarity from the Dhamma and meditation that I've experienced at some point. And you can spread that wish to all the people that are in the room. And those who are practicing at home along with you. May they all receive a taste of this stillness, the calm, the clarity that can arise from meditation. You can broaden this out and make this wish for anybody that you know that is practicing meditation. And just as at one time, you yourself didn't know that this calm and this understanding come about in your own mind, through your own practice, just as you didn't know that this was available, there's plenty of other people that don't know this is available to them. So again, you can radiate these thoughts of kindness to them, that may they experience at some point the same kind of peace, may they come in contact with these kinds of practices. May they also experience this tranquility this joy, this contentment that you also experience. And may their lives benefit in the same way that your life has benefited from this practice.
So hopefully you all had a nice, peaceful meditation, free from hindrances and all the other mess that usually comes up in your meditation. Um, if anyone has any questions, you're more than welcome to ask them now. Um, you can either come up to the microphone or uh, yell them out to me, either way. So anyone that's online, you can if you've got any questions, you can type it in now. No, we all want to go home. <laughs> any questions on there? Thank you, Ajahn. We have a couple of questions online. Cool. So the, anonymity, people... the anonymity that a keyboard offers is, is a good thing? Perhaps. Some of them do have their name there. Okay, yeah, good. Um, first question here is, any tips to forgive oneself about a thing we did wrong in the past? It's hard not to think about it and be regretful. Thanks for your guidance from France. We, we tend to see regret as a bad thing. Most of the time we see it as a negative thing. Um, and obviously when it gets amplified and it's impairing our functioning in some way, then it, is, then it definitely is a negative thing. But there is an aspect of it that is, uh, that is useful in that we see at some point that we have harmed somebody else. We see at some point that we have done something wrong. Um, and so this actually is an opportunity for us to reflect on our own, you know, on our own behavior and our own thoughts, our own actions, our own ways that we're interacting with people. Um, but also a good opportunity to realize that even with the best intentions that we have sometimes things are just out of our control and the way people respond to us is just it's far and, and far and beyond what we could have actually conceived so so regret at some level uh at this at this kind of the manageable level actually can be a good thing it can it can remind us that what we're trying to do is to become a through a practice like like meditation that we are actually trying to become a better person and so the 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 warning signals that you're getting of I can't believe I treated this person so bad or whatever I did it's it's actually a uh, you can look at it as a good signal that you are your mind's becoming more refined your mind's becoming more uh, attuned to harmlessness so we can see this feeling of regret as something that that we um, that shows that we're actually growing, that shows that we're actually prepared to look at our own faults and recognize our own faults and accept our own faults and and try to try to learn from them. But really if you are at the point where it's it's really, really bugging you in some way, it's really, you know, sort of, you know, eating away at your soul or whatever and you can't find any peace well then you know you do have to you have to really work with this you have to uh there's you know 
potentially things you could do on the outside where, okay, well, I, you know, if I've done something wrong to someone, I have to you know, say sorry to them. Um, it's, it's such a hard thing for people to do to actually say sorry to someone. Um, but, you know, we all, we all know we've all done it before. And whenever you do, it's such a, it's such a relief when you do say whether they, accept with whether this person accepts it or they don't accept it you know the the actual weight that comes off you when you do actually admit that you know i am actually sorry uh for the way the way that i acted or or uh whatever it actually is so there's that aspect where we can do something externally to help the help the uh regret that we might be feeling um and then at another level as well, we can also try to recognize as well that this is also an, you know, this is also an aspect of our suffering that we all have to experience at some point. You know, we, there, there's an aspect there that we are suffering and we're, we're another being that's suffering for something and we're suffering at the, at the whims of our mind and the whims of our memories and the whims of our thoughts that keep going, you know, spiraling out of control. So this is just, this is another form of suffering. So if we can see that this is just another form of suffering, then, you know, we can actually start to, you know, hopefully understand it and accept it and then start to let it go. But, you know, Hopefully, hopefully the regrets, they're not, they're not too bad. And, and hopefully you can, hopefully this is you know, helpful in some way. So yeah, every situation is different as well. It's like, yeah, it's, you can't, you can't, uh, can't give a clear answer for everything. And so I know that I have regrets for things that I've done terrible to people and I've said awful things and I've done awful things to people and I'm very, very regretful for them and I try to fix that. There's other things that I'm regretful for that, that, you know, I just had no control over. So there's nothing I can do. So, yeah, you just have to sort of do the best with what you can. Thank you, Ajahn. Uh, the next question is, um, a very general one that's, uh, keeps on coming up, uh, very often. So maybe just a, a, a short, Summary. I find it very hard. On it. <laughs> I find it very hard to meditate when I feel low energy and depressed. Mm. Other times, I get racing thoughts. How shall I do it? Just have a lot of patience. It's you, you need a lot of patience, uh, and it's because absolutely everyone goes through the same thing. And so you you know you're not alone. It's it's not something that you should feel despondent about. Uh, absolutely everyone gets low and uh, uh, low and uh, feels negative in some ways everybody uh, gets these kinds of racing thoughts and so if you just need you just need patience you need um, you know, you know, the wisdom to see that it won't always be like this and that if you do keep practicing you will actually um, start to see some more benefits from it there are a couple more questions online but are there any Questions in the room from anyone? If you're not comfortable to go to the microphone, uh, Ajahn is also happy for you just to ask the question to him from where you're sitting. Nope. We'll continue with the next yeah. two questions, which uh, um, are related to Pali, the Pali language. Okay. 
Uh, I, am lim- I am limited, so... Uh, well, yeah. not, not so technical, maybe. Yeah. The first one is Namaste. What is meant by nimittas? Ah, oh, nimittas, okay. Um, so nimitta, from, from my limited understanding of Pali, nimitta actually means sign. Um, so there's, uh, there's, some, there's some kind of object that's a sign of something. Um, don't quote me on that. Um, as I said, I'm not a Pali scholar, so, but the, the, the general understanding I have is that it, that it means sign. Now, what it can mean uh, in terms of, you know, in terms of at least the, the suttas and the things that I've, uh, that I've read, the Buddha uh, would say that there's there's a different kind of nimitta, some kind of sign that's arisen in the mind of some particular object or some particular kind of state in the mind. Um, so be that a be that a good state or a bad state, um, but you have an indication that there's a particular kind of mental state in the mind. Uh, if you extrapolate further of of what many people mean commonly by nimittas these days, they interpret these to mean that it's some kind of image that's arisen in the mind or some kind of some kind of like 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 picture or something that's come about in the mind or some kind of sign some kind of bright light um and so uh, the the sort of the common understanding of of a nimitta that it is a good thing. Uh, you have a nimitta, and so your practice is going well. You see these lights, you see these you know the objects, you see these appearances in the mind of, of strange phenomena. Um, so you know they can they can be an indication. They can be an indication of that the minds become very still, and so maybe it becomes very radiant, very very bright. Um, uh, but sometimes you, know, you have these sort of, you know, this like an object appearing out of nowhere, a thought appearing out of nowhere um, that that seems it's like, well, I didn't control that thought, so this is just this wondrous image of something. So it must have, you know, arisen arisen from somewhere somewhere else. So, um, you know, while these things can be can be good, they can be helpful. Um, you know. Uh, they're, they are merely just something that uh, arises and passes away. They're another phenomena that's arisen in the mind. Um, they're, you know, people, people like to ascribe importance to them that I heard this person has this nimitta, so they must have this great meditation, so why aren't I seeing a nimitta? Why aren't I seeing the bright lights? Why aren't I seeing these beings and these objects? And it's yeah you, you know, people people sort of use them as this yardstick of well i've had a nimitta so my meditation's good and but it's not necessarily the case different people have different uh you know different capacities different people have different kinds of experiences coming up in meditation you can't equate one being good uh and one being not so good so if you do have these kinds of strange images arise in the mind, um, once again, just see them as something that arises and passes away. And if you don't get the nimittas, you know, that's fine. That's, that's just another thing that arises and passes away. Um, uh, sometimes these things actually can be a, uh, a hindrance to our practice. We can get some kind of nimittas and we, we sort of think, uh, oh, yeah, this is going 
you know, this is this is going swimmingly. Aren't I aren't I awesome at this? Aren't I? Isn't my meditation fantastic? And then the next time you sit down, it's like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'll, I'll probably have a nimitter again, and you know, your mind gets peaceful, and yeah, another one comes up. And next time you do it, yeah, you know, I'm really I'm really getting the hang of this. Hang on, nothing's coming up. There's no there's no. Where's the bright light? Where's the <laughs> Where is it? And then all of a sudden it comes up again. Oh, there it is. And I said, well, maybe you're imagining at that time because you're wanting this thing to come up. So it's, they're not always something that are a good indication. It could be something that's just naturally arisen. And if they have, fine, just let it arise, let it pass away. But don't sort of go hunting for them because if you hunt for them, you'll find them. But that doesn't mean that they're real. You will find them, but it can be sort of a figment of your imagination as well. So, so that's a long that's a long answer to that. Um, and but yeah, my understanding in the Pali, nimitta means sign. Yeah. Thank you, Ajahn. That was a very very comprehensive answer. That's my little rant. Mm. The last question. I'm not sure there's a short answer to this question. Okay. Um, good luck, um, Pante. Uh, would you kindly explain the manosika and its classification according to merits or demerits and its influence in meditation? The what, sorry? The manosika. Manosika. Or manosika Ma Pali. Manosika Ma Pali. Manosika. That's how it's spelled. M-A-N-O-S-I-K-A. Manosika, manosika. And then in brackets, Pali. Pali. That's, that's Mano Sika, Mano, uh, the training of the mind, maybe. I, I'm just, I'm not confident enough to like know exactly what that is. Again, I'm not so fantastic at Pali. Sounds like Mano, Mano Sika is the training of the mind, but I, I don't really know. Maybe if they could clarify yes, what they I would suggest if, if Sajib, if you uh, can clarify that for Ajahn um, and just type it into the chat box, that might help. In the meantime, we'll just check if there are any more questions. Pali's not my, my strong point, so, yeah. Some monks that have, you know, they can, yep, that's that word, and I know exactly what it is, and I, I, I don't know. <laughs> the person has, re has responded, maybe. Maybe, okay. Maybe that's what it is, I don't know, yeah. Good answer, good answer. Uh, uh, it is intentional thinking. Intentional thinking. How does it relate to merits or demerits and its influence in meditation? Oh, okay, okay. Well, um, at least again, don't I mean, you know? I'm not not proficient in Pali. I'm Manosika. I don't know exactly what it means, so uh, I'll, I'll put that caveat out there. But if you if you're looking at it in terms of intentional intentional thinking, um, this gets a bit of a bad rap in sort of modern conceptualizations of any kind of mental training and or any kind of meditation practice. We think that we're 
you know, we have this idea that we, we, we're not meant to be thinking, we're not meant to be like uh, changing the content of our mind in any way. But the Buddha was pretty clear about uh, training the mind that we do, we are actually active, actively, there is a point at times where we are actually actively trying to develop wholesome qualities in the mind. We're actually intentionally trying to, to uh, develop particular kinds of thoughts and actions and speech. Um, so, but with intentional thinking, we can actually use that to, if, if the mind is going in like a, not a you know, very, very wholesome direction or a negative direction, we can try to use those intentionalities of our will and intentionalities of our thoughts to move it in a better and more wholesome direction. And so if we maybe use our intentional thoughts to think, uh, uh, that we maybe want to you know, share the good fortune that we've got with other beings, sharing the merit with them, um, then this is actually a wholesome thing. And this is actually something that we, you know, we do when we do something like a practice like metta, meditation or loving kindness. We're using some kind of intentional thought to, you know, develop wholesome qualities in the mind, develop uh, uh, you know, good causes and conditions in the mind. Um, so, you know, it, it does. It does have a. It does have a, um, a a benefit there, and it's if you you know if you, you might do it and you might feel you might sort of feel oh, this is superficial. This I'm just you know, I'm just saying these are may everyone be happy, may everyone be well, may everyone be safe, and you know, I don't really think that. But yeah, you're sort of lying to myself or whatever. But if you if you do have these kinds of intentional thoughts in this way, it does rub off. Eventually it rubs off on you. Um, obviously if you're thinking negative things continually, then that's going to rub off on you in a different way. So if you can use that intentionality of, of thought to move it more in a wholesome direction, then you know this is going to be you know, good for you and good for others. Hopefully that answers the question. Thank you, Ajahn. Um, someone has asked a question. I'm, I'm sorry, we've opened up this whole can of worms with right. the Pali. Yeah. Um, because someone's asked, where can I find a translation for Dhamma Sangani Matika? What is this all about? Well, I, I did a quick Google search and I found a definition on Wikipedia. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, if, if you're going to ask Pali, ask ask the internet. Don't ask me. It's probably <laughs> it's probably a much better answer on the internet to most of your Pali concerns. Yeah. Some very good websites. There's like Sutta Central and things like this. And um, yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of stuff out there. Buddhist dictionary. There's plenty of stuff. Um, the person who asked the question before, sorry, this will be the last one. Mm. And we're getting close to nine o'clock. Um, they wrote, it is intentional thinking. And I asked that question. And as you were explaining the answer and, and your response to intentional thinking, mm. they typed, uh, or unintentional thinking. I'm not sure of the translation. <laughs> Well, I gave you the intentional thinking answer. Uh, you know, your unintentional thinking. Maybe that will you know, table that one for another day. But yeah, all right. Yeah. We might finish there then. Yeah. I think unless there are any more questions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So thank you all for coming coming tonight. Um, 
Uh, any announcements or anything, Chinta? 